Hey guys, welcome back to the Bench with the Reserve Team podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode today. We've got a pretty good one for you. The Baker boys are back, as well as Nathan Hunley joins the Reserve Team podcast this week as uh, we break down uh, the U.S. getting some silverware and our thoughts on the uh, upcoming Euros. So I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, let's start off our conversation today by talking about the CONCACAF Nations League final big game fallout. Um, we're recording this the night after or the afternoon after the uh, the big night. Um, exciting stuff. We do have a trade in our midst. Nathan Hunley thought they were going to lose from the start. Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead. Let's go around the horn and, and just kind of see what your guys' thoughts were. Max, what, what do we think after the big night? Um. Well, overall, well, okay, so first half, I didn't think they did too well at all. I didn't think they could string any passes, couldn't, couldn't get any chemistry going. Um, and plus, that goal in the first minute really kind of like, I don't know if it deflated anything that was going to happen, but it definitely didn't help at all. Um, but then they bounced back, and Gio got that, first, got that goal. And then second half, um, I think they came out swinging they they did well they bounced back and then yeah I mean I thought I thought they were resilient and played and fought back well you know what I mean like I thought like they didn't let down they kept going and I thought they rightfully deserved the win so yeah I, th I think that's a good point they were very resilient and they showed a lot of character by being able to mm. respond quickly to all those those negative things that happened and that's important for a young side like like, I was gonna yeah. say too, not with this with the side like this, who's not experienced and the youth that we have, it, it was it was it's good to see that this team is gonna be our future. Yeah, and I mean you think about it like Gio Reyna, this was his first competitive like Honduras mm -hmm. was his first competitive match yeah. at the US. Like he has some caps, but like still mm -hmm. it's not the same as as no, it's not. match. Mm -hmm. All right, Hunley, what are your thoughts after after well, the, your prediction went? terribly wrong and I'm glad it blew up in your face well I mean I'll be the first one to admit that uh I wanted to have low expectations because I in the past I've been so disappointed with the U.S. men's national team but uh it ended up being I think uh, a classic um it was especially in the first half it was ugly at some points but it was really back and forth so it was pretty entertaining to watch um and yeah it is for a young group of guys to get going against a more experienced Mexico team uh, seeing them be resilient and finding a way to get a result was uh, pretty refreshing, especially, you know, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, it's been a while since we've beaten Mexico. So um, it was nice to see us get a win against our rivals. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like that was kind of more rewarding than almost the trophy in a sense. But Yeah, I mean, always beating Mexico is, is important for the U.S. It's no matter whether it's a friendly or, or it's uh, for some hardware, it's, it's going to be important. So, Alex, we talked a lot about so far about how bad the first half was. What, why was it so bad? Any, any insight to, any insight to that? Um, I think it was just individual mistakes, honestly. I mean, look at the first goal with McKenzie. It was what, the, literally the first minute, passes it to, uh, who scored their goal, Corona? Or, yeah. Yeah, Corona. It was just silly mistakes like that. Like, I'd look away for a second, and when we have the ball, and then Mexico would have it. And I'm just like, all right, who gave it away? Like like Max said, we couldn't string passes together. I don't know. The I don't think it was a smart idea to start with two in the middle, and then the five. It seemed like Destin uh, – who's our other outside? Destin Yedlin. 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 It seemed like they had a sprint so far up. And then, like, it just opened up play in the middle and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, we definitely need to change this. Because with the likes of, like, a 
Adams or what? What Hanley? What's his name? Musa or whatever. Musa. Yunus uh, Musa. Musa. Yeah, the young kid from. Yeah, like those. I don't know. I think we could have just had like someone. It's kind of like in the city game, you know. You kind of needed that defensive midfielder, you know, <laughs> kind of somewhere just to make life easier for the back line. But I would say like the biggest thing was like the individual mistakes. Yeah, I, I agree. I also like you kind of hinted at it though. I don't think the formation lended itself very well to to what the U.S. was going for. Mm-hmm. They definitely came out anticipating to have a Mex- Mexican side attack them, and because Mexico was right from the start, as you saw, the high press, they were on top. Yeah, they were on. I, think, mm-hmm. I think Berhalter lined up that way to try to combat that a little bit, mm-hmm. but it almost kind of blew up in his face because just the lack of numbers in the middle. And I, I and so I, I'm not sure that it was the right move, but I mean, hindsight's 20-20, all's well that ends well. So Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially getting scored on in the first minute. Like, you have a, you have a plan of what, you, what you're trying to do, and obviously the five backs seem to be something new. I don't know if it's the great greatest time to experiment that in a final game against Mexico, but um, obviously that plan got messed up when you when the opposition scores a goal in the first minute. So it's kind of like, okay, do we continue to do our plan? Do we get desperate and kind of, you know, go long, you know, take more opportunities, high risk, high reward. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, they adjusted well in the second half, obviously, but it's just that first half was shaky. <laughs> to your point, though, I think the the two in the middle, it also didn't lend itself to to helping the attack either. Mm-hmm. I think those guys got pinched back, and and you missed a a dynamic playmaker in there to make things happen going forward. I mm-hmm. think McKinney and Acosta got stuck in too many times, and and mm-hmm. it just turned into oh, we'll kick it up to Sargent and see if he can do anything. And Pulisic was there, but then. He and Dest couldn't combine really in the first half, and it, it just looked looked horrible all around. See, that's the thing with the five back too. Like you got to perfect it. Like that's like, it, and if if you don't, like you'll be vulnerable in so many in so many spaces, especially in the middle, like counterattacks, press, like all that. Like that's the thing with the five back to me, at least. Like you have to like get it well. Like you have to run it so perfect, I think, for it to work. The one thing I do like about the five back though is it, it gave Dest the freedom to get up in the attack. And I think that is an mm-hmm. area where the US is going to be able to exploit some teams moving forward with especially if he continues to play on that left side with Pulisic. Like that's a saucy combination on that left yeah, side. Yeah, it is. It's a pacey like, Yeah. Yeah. So Tim I, Ream yesterday did well too. When he, he did well, I thought. In the first half, you don't think so? I thought Tim Ream was atrocious. I didn't think he was that he bad. Continuously got sauced. He gave up. He got megged, that led to a goal, and then he got beat. He was, he was winning aerial threats, though. You got to do more than just win a header. I'm just saying. I thought he surprised me. Tim Ream and Mark McKenzie were absolute garbage yesterday. Well, yeah, John Brooks was pretty, was really he, good. He was class. Yeah, he was John class. John Brooks was good. His only well, knock was he got an early yellow. I just thought, I just thought of like, okay, Tim Ream didn't really, he started what, a couple games at Fulham, then got dropped. And then to come and start in like a couple games with the U.S., I didn't think he was terrible in my eyes. But <laughs> then again, I, he just he he was a liability, especially in that in the second half. Then when um, the Wonder Boy from Mexico got subbed on Lionez or, or Diego Mexican Messi, he was just he was just going at Tim Ream like he megged him multiple times. He Tim Ream got sauced inside, which led to the second goal. Like. He just continuously. Yeah, did. he just backed off him. He just backed off him. Yeah, he didn't step to him. And and that's another thing with the five back is in order to play the a five back or a three back, depending on how the shape is, you have to have three good center backs. 
The U.S. Right. has one center back. <laughs> right. So why would you throw an extra center back on when then you're taking minutes away from a Musa or you're taking minutes away from a Tyler Adams or someone else that can that can be more dynamic moving forward or or Tyler Adams is that anchor for your midfield. So that was an interest. That was another thought that I had. Right. They all have to be. They all have to be reliable. Like you. Like you have to like depend on them to like hold their own. We can't rely on um, Brooks to to be our savior if they mess up. Or, or I do think, like yeah, I do think for the U.S., one of the weakest positions is our center, like for a while has been our center back position. But um, obviously I think John Brooks, I don't know if we're going to keep on playing a five back system. I'm like, I, I personally prefer to see a four back. Um, but I think, I don't know if you guys have heard of Chris Richards, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, is at Bayern and then got loaned to Hoffenheim. But I think he could be the answer to a lot of prayers for, for our back line. But um, so one person we haven't touched on who I think we should touch on is Ethan Horvath, our savior. Coming up big. It was nice to see him because uh, obviously he, he played a couple games, uh, you know, in the past. But, like, to see him kind of step up when his number was called was really cool. Yeah. He, he, he made a lot of good saves prior to the, to the uh, PK, too. So, like, mm-hmm. he came in big. Yeah. And yeah. Pulisic even said, like, post-game, he was like, oh, I already know, like, he was going to save it. Like, it's nice to see, like, they all have their, that confidence in him. He was like, oh, he's like, uh, Horvath is a really good PK saver. And I even looked at Hunley and Max. We were watching it together, and I was like, I was like, I got a feeling he's going to save this. <laughs> I, I sent the same text to Tong when he came on. I was like, he's going to come up big in some way. Yeah. Like, I just had – like, you just had the feeling, like, you he know. Was like far before. <laughs> imagine sitting on the bench for an hour. The dude's not moving. There's, like – there's like a one percent chance your backup keeper's going in, right, and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I gotta take my pants off and my you know, long sleeve like he's going in, yeah. And like <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched, like we saw his warm up, he got like three throws and then had to get dressed and come yeah. In. Mm-hmm. And like, and let's not forget that before that PK save, he got absolutely rocked in the chest mm-hmm. by uh by one of the Mexican players that slid in there on that late tackle. Oh yeah, on um, yeah. Oh, on Herrera. It was, uh, it was Herrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Herrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, it was nothing. No yellow. Should have been a red. No, yeah. Straight John Brooks should have shielded it a little bit better, to be honest. But. Probably. But also, I can't imagine John Brooks expected that dude to go to ground studs up yeah. into his chest. Not so. Right. right. When he sees the goalie coming out too. Right. Yeah. But. That game was awesome. It literally had everything. We had multiple goals by both sides. We had goal a goal called back by VAR, two pins given mm-hmm. by VAR, two streakers at the end of the game, a PK mm-hmm. save. The Mexican mm-hmm. coach got a red card. Yeah. Got a red card. Like what more could you ask? Honestly, for classic. Game? Instant classic. And in the way in the way the ref pointed at the PK spot. It was so dramatic. <laughs> it was like a uh, Florida State like chop. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That was it. Was a great game. It was a like mm-hmm. like Conley said. Honestly, it was it was probably a classic. Not even probably. It, it is. It was a classic. Oh, easily. It was great. If so, not, like I've seen people saying it was one of the best games, like best USA Mexico games ever. I mean, like if not the best, it it could be. But I also think that in terms of like the US, we haven't had this much hope in like our right. lifetime. Maybe <laughs> like yeah. Like we actually have a chance to kind of be good and win some games. So I think I think everything that surrounds this this team is going to get blown out of proportion, either good or bad. Like if they were to lost last night after conceding in that, oh, the young guys can't handle, they can't do this, right, they're, yeah, they, they're not good enough, you know, they're not prepared. 
but now that they won, oh, we're we're amazing. We have Jesus on our team. We're gonna win the world. And there's more pressure on Pulisic now, considering he's a Champions League winner too, and captain. So like, hey, Dempsey and all of them were we talking about, about that. His PK was class. Was class. He even said, he, "Did you see the interview? His post-match interview. He said, he said, I, I just thought I'm gonna put a top bins." And, and I was like, yeah, and yeah. you did perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, and the iconic celebration to follow. Yeah. yeah. The, just, just oh, yeah. The, the, the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so. Gio Reyna gets smoked in the eye with a Coke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's something that has been happening all across sports, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. people all of a sudden are, are getting released from their, their quarantine cages and can go back to matches, and they're just acting like straight. Yeah, people. and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't even like like – like this bad before COVID hit. No. Which is so like, I don't know. Maybe I, hit with a water I, bottle. Uh, Trey Young gets spit on. Like so, Matthew, so I was telling Hunley yesterday when when we when Pooley hit or made the PK and they were throwing all that crap there, I said if that was an NBA game and they were throwing all that, there'd be fights. Like I bet the players will go up in the crowd and start fighting people. Malice at the palace, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, represent, I mean, represent. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, like, this is exactly, like, I wouldn't expect anything other than what the Mexican fans did, though. Like, if you if you go over to their section and then you start shushing them, like, that's kind of what I expect. Not that it's right, but that's yeah. what I expect, just because this is a rivalry game. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I mean, I've heard stories at Azteca that fans, you know, throw batteries, shine lasers in people's eyes, throw bags of piss at them. Yeah. Like, Crazy stuff. Like it's it's insane. Imagine coming prepared to a game with a spare bag of urine in oh, your pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna whip. I'm gonna whip this at Christian you're like, today. He's just, just waiting, waiting to throw it. Captain America scores on us. A water a water balloon full. Just a piss. Yeah. A, a Mexican player got hit in the face with a Coke bottle too, and Pulisic went down in the. In, uh, was it overtime second half or whatever? Yeah. 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 Do we do we give credit to Burhalter? What are we thinking? Do you guys backing him? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think from a managerial perspective, like this was a really tough game, and to be able to, you know, I kind of think act as a mechanic almost, where you see a problem and then you're able to make the correct mm-hmm. assessment and make the correct, you know, changes, um, and then to uh, to eventually get the right result, I think uh, this kind of proved that he, he's the right coach. And I'll be the first to admit that when he first took over as coach, I was not a fan because I'm like, oh, another MLS coach. Like, you know, is that the best we got, really? But um, I think he really seems to have a vision for the team, and I think he's done a pretty good job. So, And I think he's the right coach for this group of, of young players as well. So I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you that he's not the right coach or he is the right coach, um, but – you mentioned being a mechanic. What issues that happened in the first half did he solve in the second half? Like, I still saw the same issues that were occurring. Chucky Lozano splitting every center back. That dude is a stud, by the way. He is good. Yeah, he's um, good. He's good. Mm-hmm. The, the defense looked poor, continued to play the same formation and get sauced through the middle. They created more chances, but they also gave up a lot of chances. So I'm just asking kind of what you saw that that changed in the second half. Um, well, I, th- I thought his substitutions that he made were pretty smart, uh, especially putting Tyler Adams on after, you know, I could, especially in the second half, I could definitely tell the center backs were absolutely gassed, but putting them on to kind of help relieve the team a little bit. Um, and um, I don't know, just kind of our tactics. I thought that 
we just played a little bit smarter. Um, I almost wish I could hear what he said at halftime, but um, yeah, I, I thought we played a little bit smarter um, than the first half. I think the first half, like we said, like a lot of just dumb passes, just kind of sloppy all around, but. So the one, the one big issue I had with Burhalter in terms of like game management, once he sent out his initial lineup, that is what it is. But when he subbed off Dest and yes. on Tim Weah as a right wing back or left wing back or whatever, he played think, that like eventually it got switched and it got corrected, but okay. he played 15 to 20 minutes at a left wing back that no, like right, yeah. I, he, he's, he's in the game to score goals and attack. He's he's not even a defender. Like if you want to make that substitution and get a more attack attacking minded player in, that's fine. But then adjust to, to create more chances and do that. I just don't I don't know why that was the, that was the sub. I just found that really interesting. And I will agree with Hunley that Tyler Adams is is a phenomenal player and I think he makes all the world and I think maybe this game is even different if he's able to start if he's healthy 100% and he can start and play 90 minutes cuz I think with with Adams and McKinney in the middle like that that's a that's a pretty good combination mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I I think you can win a lot of games with those guys. We were right. saying too that Geo could run in at the uh, cam spot as well. Yeah. Like you could have Pooley, Sergeant. I'm sure way it could do fine at a wing. He plays so, wing in, at club. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it would just be more. It would, I think it would be kind of more fun to watch too. Those that up four is so quick. That up three really. Yeah. Watch. So uh, my big issue in the first half, and I know he struggled to complete passes, and and the same thing in the Honduras game is. Pulisic wasn't getting enough touches. How how do you, as a manager, I had a big debate with John last night about about mm -hmm. how to do this. Um, how, how do you, how do you, how does he find the ball more, and and what does he do to to create chances? Is that on Berhalter? Is that on the squad? Because because he's clearly their best player. I know I know they're. It's not like it was in the past where he's the only player. Like there are other talented guys, but the when the ball is at his feet, it's just such a different game than when when it's on everybody else's feet. Like McKinney does some good stuff. Tyler Adams does some good stuff. Gio Reyna does some good stuff, but it's just a whole nother level when Pulisic is running at guys. Right. Um, what, 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 were, what were you saying? So yeah, I, what, said, I said to move him into the middle. I think he needs to be the center of the pitch and he can, he can create and orchestrate. Um, I mentioned maybe playing him at a false nine. Tong said the U.S. isn't good enough to do that. I don't know. But yeah. I think if you have, if you have Gio Reyna and – even Sargent or Weya making those those inverted runs in behind of you know Pulisic checking back into the middle guys running in behind him Pulisic can either turn and create that way through the middle and that also allows opens up the wings for for guys like Dest and Yedlin and, and Reggie Cannon and, and those guys to get forward um I mentioned that I also liked a, a big difference in the second half yesterday is instead of Pulisic getting left on the wing he, he drifted in more. So he starts out on that left wing. If he can get the ball there, he attacks on the wing. If not, he comes and finds the ball, which is, which is essentially what I'm trying to get at anyway. He needs mm -hmm. to go find the ball. He, yeah. I, I, if I'm Berhalter, I'm saying, dude, do whatever you want to go get the ball. You're right, go, yeah. go find it and, and make plays. Come make and plays you know. uh, see, the forwards, too, could, like be, could interchange as well to help him get more – midfield or to yeah to get more in the to get more in the middle of the field so he can have opportunities to like check in the spaces check in the pockets and get the ball or like make runs or do whatever he needs to do because <clears throat> him at left wing I mean yeah it's obviously his preferred position but 
yeah, like you've been saying, if we can get him more involved and more on the ball, then we'll get so many more chances. And, and John's point was that he's so dynamic on the left wing, it gives him better opportunities to score, and, and the U.S. needs him to score. You know, you're giving him one-on-one v one opportunities, but I, I do think if he's able to find those half spaces in between the midfield and the and the center backs where he can turn and then he's attacking with everything in front of him, I think I think that would just be ideal right. for the U.S. in terms of he's such a great playmaker that. And I finally think that there might be some other guys around him that can put the ball in the back of the net. Right. I, but see, I he's also he's also so good one-on-one too, like right. dribbling, like that, which is why he's wants that left wing spot. So yeah. like, like, yeah, I don't know. Another thing for me, at least, sorry, another thing for me, yeah. at least, was like, if he's in the midfield too, he might have to drop back a little more and say we're on a counter. Yeah. It's like, uh, Leia and Sargent, whoever my, is up there, like they're good players. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather have Pooley. Like, right. You're finding that guy on the break. I'm sure he can lead the break as well if he's playing at a, at a, the camp spot or something like that, you know, in the middle or even a striker. But I don't know. He's, Go ahead, yeah. Um, I feel like one of the issues in the first half was like when our attackers got the ball, they were just all super isolated and there's nobody like there to help them. Um, and I think that that's more of a formational thing, but, um, I think it'd be better, like, if Pelusic had, had more people, like, making runs off of him, and, you know, where a defender needs to make a de- decision to follow the, you know, the guy overlapping, and then it, I think that's when Pelusic is good at making a split decision, whether to, like, take it or leave it off to somebody else, so I guess more runs coming off of Pelusic, um, would definitely help, but, um, he's just such a dynamic attacker that, um, yeah, I think he, that's why he can play a whole bunch of different positions and be very effective yeah and I think maybe that's why Des got slotted that left back instead of his preferred right back because you know putting them together and getting him in the attack like if Pulisic has the ball at his feet with with Dest overlapping like the defender has to choose it's just the right. lesser two evils for the defender at that point like right. take my ankles this time <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 we're gonna get outpaced by Dest or am I gonna get beat by Pulisic which right. is it? Yeah. but also I think I think Weya did some did some good stuff when he came on and but maybe he's Maybe he plays what Pulisic does for Chelsea. Maybe that's way up for the United States, where he comes on in the 65th minute and just says, "I'm faster than everyone else." And I'm right, yeah, I'm just gonna run. Wayne's got a Wayne's got a high uh, uh, stature to catch up to. His dad won a ball in Dora. I expect that. greatness from one of the cool things was when Gio scored his goal, just his family was his in the dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. they couldn't believe it. The whole family is just straight mm-hmm. ball. Like, mm-hmm. Homie Max, what what about you? Two? You got any anybody you wanted to see? Anyone you wanted out? Um, I would have. I I said to you guys when we were watching the game, <clears throat> I would have liked to have seen Musa in the line. Like, I don't know. It seemed kind of crazy to me that a player of his talent didn't even step on the field against Mexico. But I guess that just kind of speaks to the to the uh, talent that we have. But um, yeah, I mean. I think Kellen Acosta is actually like a decent midfielder, um, especially, you know, being an MLS player and all. But um, I don't know. I would have, yeah, I would have rather seen like Tyler Adams or Musa as a, in that center mid spot. Um, I don't know. Army thinks that I'd like to see if we were wearing a 4 3 3 in the midfield. Um, McKinney, I think, is a lock. And I, I don't know. I, I like Gio Reyna a lot as a center attacking mid. Um, I think he's done good for us in the past. And, I don't know. It's kind of tough for me because I, I really like Musa and I really like Tyler Adams. So I think one of them um, as like the holding mid or maybe Musa is more box to box. 
Only has a Geo played a Cam at Dortmund. Not really, but we when we went when we played a three back, we kind of played, had like three attackers that kind of uh, interchanged a lot. So, um, so he he can play. He's played centrally for us a couple times. But oh, I I did watch an interview with him comparing the styles of play at the U.S. and what he's asked there, and then what he's asked at Dortmund and. Uh, Berhalter asks a lot more of him one on one v one in situations than than he is asked of him at Dortmund. I think um, to kind of Hunley's point of of him being a, a successful cam is at Dortmund he tucks in a lot more and then he can play balls into um, the big old Holland and, and let that man run onto it. And so I think because obviously the U.S. doesn't have Holland or anything close to him, we're <laughs> um, asked of him moving forward. So I think he could slot into that camp spot because that's kind of the role he plays because he plays more of an inverted winger at Dortmund. He's shifty too when he dribbles. He's really good at dribbling. That one miss against yeah, the Oh my gosh, that would have been mm. nice. Yeah, been filthy. All right, so let's stick with, um, you know, some international football. The, the Euros start on Friday. Yep. So let's kind of just talk through some of the groups here and kind of give our predictions and kind of see what we uh, – who we like, who we don't like, and, and we'll go through there. Let's start with Group A, Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Let's go with uh, Big Al. What, what are your thoughts here on this group? Um. People, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks and videos on people talking about Italy. They actually have, like, a really good, like, overall balanced squad. Like, I don't think, like, a lot of, like, you know, I don't think a common soccer fan would know a lot of them, you know, like what I'm saying. But, like, they have, like, a lot of good, like, great um, players in, like, Immobile, uh, Insigne, uh, Barella in the middle. They still got, they got the core of, I think, Benucci and Chiellini still back there. Like, they're going to have a solid team. And, like, I want... I wanted to consider them as like my dark horse, but like it's Italy. You don't really consider them to be a dark horse. But well, how like, relevant have they been recently? Exactly. So like I would kind of put them in that bracket, but then people have been uh, saying Turkey's a good shout because of their back two and Chananoglu or Kananoglu, however the heck you pronounce it. <laughs> and then you got Barak Yelmaz up top who just won Ligun oh, with <laughs> a Lil. Yeah. And then Wales who bail. I don't think – I think, honestly, I think Wales would finish at the bottom, to, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I just – they did well against uh, France until they got that red card, to be honest with you, but I don't know. Too much golf for Gareth? Yeah. Too, he, yeah. he wants to get out early so he can go golf. <laughs> got to hit the links. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, then there's Switzerland. They got some – They Switzerland's always a good team, too. They're always fun to watch. They got one of my – Favorite players of all time, Granite Jaka on that team. Um, <laughs> uh, Shakiri's on there. I think Shakiri's. I saw him coming off the bench though, so I don't know if he's playing a whole lot for them. But if I had to take my two, I think Italy wins the group and Turkey second. That's Does what I'm. Do have anything and, to? Yeah. Well, I was just say one thing to be reminded of is that in the Euros, that the third, four yeah, of the best third place teams advance, move on. So it's still possible that a third place team. Then, if that were to happen, I would guess Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Not be my. All right, we'll go to uh, Max for Group B here. We'll go with uh, Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. R Russia. Russia. <laughs> yeah. So I think the obvious favorite is Belgium with De Bruyne. We were talking about this right before we started, actually. But with De Bruyne missing out with with those surgeries. Um, I think it's a huge hit for them, but still they have playmakers in 
Mertens and Nangolan and both hazards, both hazards. Yeah, like Pratt, yeah, Tillman's. <laughs> yeah, Tillman's is actually a good Tillman should Tillman should start to be. Tillman's, yeah, Tillman's too. Yeah. Like, I don't. I think Belgium will get that. Will will win that group, but Denmark, Finland, and Russia. So I, don't, I think Finland will finish last, and because I don't know much about yeah, Finland. You don't believe <laughs> I think Pookie's um, from there. Huh? I think Pookie's from there. Norwich striker. Oh yeah, he is. He is. From, he is from. I think Vladimir Putin's going to suit up for the squad too. Oh yeah? yeah, they're winning them. They're getting I'm top. Back. I'm back in Russia to get second. No, Hasbola, 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 and Abdu. Yeah. Um. No, but um. See, Russia, Russia did really well in the last World Cup. So yeah. they, they honestly could get second. Denmark. Honestly, I would probably say Belgium first and Russia second. I'm with it. You know, you guys don't think Denmark? No, Russia. I mean, I think Denmark have have like overall, like they have a few individuals that are good, but like I think Russia have a better overall quality team. I don't even think that. I don't know. I think Denmark has a solid enough team to. Who's on Denmark? Only Eriksson, Christensen. Who else? Laney, Paulson, um, Braithwaite, Schmeichel, Schmeichel. Yeah. Decent shouts. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I was gonna say it probably helped that the World Cup was in Russia when they uh, popped off. That's true, yeah. yeah. So I still about, I think I would go with Denmark second probably then. I'm sticking with the, I'm sticking with the Russian boys. All right, Hunley. Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. Oh baby. Yeah. This is I don't know, it's kind of a harder one than you would think. I mean, I think Netherlands honestly, I'm back in for number one in that group um i mean i don't know north macedonia it was a big accomplishment to get there um so maybe they, they'll you know be the dark horse uh i don't know i think austria is a decent team they're all right so i'm guessing i'm going netherlands austria and then we're going ukraine third place yeah i don't think they're ukraine's gonna advance though Maybe if North Macedonia and South Macedonia made one Macedonian team, they could right, yeah. yeah. North Macedonia <laughs> has a player on their team, and I can't remember because I saw a video on him. He's some wonder kid. Like, I think he was in Serie A, and he got, like, 10-plus goals, actually. Like, so there's, if there's, like, if you're, watching, if, you're, so if you're ever watching North Macedonia play against someone, because I know you're not watching North Macedonia to watch North Macedonia. <laughs> watch for that kid. I don't – I forgot his name. I saw a video on him, and I think he's in Syria, Austria, back in Alba. Yeah, Alba. Um, they got uh, the dude that scored the Scorpion. Maybe I'll do it Olazaro. again. Olazaro. Yeah. yeah. Sabitzer. Oh, yeah, they got Marcel. Yeah, oh, yeah, Sabitzer. Um, His fourth uh, they, have, they have a lot of Bundesliga players. Oh, they have a Wolfsburg midfielder, Schlager. Only is Wolfsburg uh, Austrian? Or am I hmm? – is Forsberg Austrian or am I – No, right? Swedish. Oh, yeah, uh, Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, Austria has some decent players. Uh, they, there's a striker in there, I think, that's in the Bundesliga. That's, you know, he's all right. So I don't know. I think they can be a decent team for sure. I back it. Ooh, Group D. Group D. I think that this is going to be a fun one. Um, is football England? coming home? What? I said, is football coming home? <laughs> I should hope not. Maybe. England, <laughs> Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Big Al, you want to you want to field this one? Oh sure. 
Um, growing up, I actually did not like England squad for whatever reason, to be honest. But being a bigger fan of the Premier League now, I'm like, I'm not backing them, but like, I wouldn't be mad if like they went far, you know? Who are you backing? Uh, probably France or Portugal. Because you like them or you think they're going to win? Uh, I think those two are one. I'm probably rooting for Belgium just because I like like Lukaku and KDB. And yeah. Yeah. Group D. England. I think England will come up on top, even though there'll be a fun match, though. England, Croatia, because that's the World Cup semifinal. Oh, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be a fun game. Croatia still got rocking with Modric, Perisic, you know, all the all their boys. But I think England's got a strong enough squad now. Like, even some of their like, players, like, you know, Jack Grealish, like, Jack, they got players like that from like smaller clubs, like, that are doing like great things for the bigger teams. Okay, I'm not saying Villa is a small team at all, but you know, it's not like the, it's not the big sixes. And, you know, we got boys like Jaden who's playing in other leagues. So, yeah, I'm definitely backing England. Sorry. I'm going to back England to come out on top. And then it kind of just goes down the line how it looks. I'm going to go for England, Croatia, <laughs> Scotland, and then Czech Republic last. I, I tend to root for Croatia. I think they're a fun fun group to watch. I, and they're just running it back basically with the same team that that yeah. so successful in the World Cup. So yeah. I think that'll be a fun squad to watch. I always like watching Modric run around in the middle. Right. Yeah, what, do you think, what do you think of England? What do we think of England here? Oh, I, I think they're I think they're the clear favorite to win this group. Yeah. What it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how how things play out after the group stage, though. Yeah. Don't they? Go ahead. No, no, I keep on saying what you're saying. I heard that they might have to play play like the third place team of, which could be like out of Group F, which is like the group of death. So that'd be still funny, right? So like, <laughs> there's a good chance that that happens if they if they're the clear winner of their group, then they would play like the third place team, which is we'll just jump to that one right now. I'll let Max field this one: Hungary, mm-hmm. Portugal, France, and Germany. They're, so England could play one of those teams, which anything can happen in that game. So Max, mm-hmm. I'll let you take a stab at the at the group of death here. Yeah. Um. Oh man, it's so hard. So okay, Hungary's last. Germany will get third. And that's just based off the quality that France and Portugal have. I think, obviously, you know, they have world-class players and, and Kimmich, Neuer, all that. But I don't think they'll their overall squad beat would beat France and Portugal for the top two spot. And, uh, see, I want to say, for some reason, Portugal will win. That's just me. But <laughs> I, I think it's – like, I think – Looking at it, France should get top just with like their depth is crazy. Like, like it's so. But Mbappe, Griezmann, uh, Papa, Conte, Conte, who's arguably Ballon d'Or winner right now. Like, and their back line is is super good as well. Like, yeah. I, and then, but Portugal, you know, your boy Bruno, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ronaldo to Jota, who's had a who's had a killer season this past year. Um, yeah, I, I think that's obviously the best group, but I think it'll go France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. The only thing that that kind of worried me about Portugal is they just played that friendly against Spain. And, Spain, and yeah, and they didn't. They had twenty nine percent of the ball. Like, yeah, that's right. not a good sign. Like, right, yeah, it's not. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they were starting all their. I think they were dang near. I think so. Were they? Just like oh. Max Bruno. Bruno didn't even start. 
I was going to say Bruno didn't even well, Bruno I, came in like later in the game. But yeah. that could that they could roll without him in no, the starting lineup. I'm just saying, I don't know. You don't know. No, they cannot. He's starting. Bernardo didn't start. Oh yeah, and Bernardo Silva. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think with, I think with Germany though, having Mueller and uh Hummels come back, I think that's actually huge because Mueller oh, yeah. Mueller turns up at for Germany Germany like yeah he does. Well, that's why. And we think back to oh what Mueller's a legend when when. Germany thumped Portugal and Mueller had a couple of few goals. It was in the I think they were in the group stage two at that time. But I yeah, think well, back, but still I 2014 mean, World Cup. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm in agreement with Max that it should probably it should go probably France, Portugal, Germany, but I could see Germany slipping into that number two spot. Yeah. I was gonna say, so I think France will get first. I think that's like I think that will for sure be it. And then I think Portugal and Germany can maybe switch. I see. I, I could see Germany maybe pulling something out and getting the second spot, and then Portugal getting the third, or vice versa. But I think like with 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 what the quality France have, they have to get first. And hopefully the stars align or it's rigged somehow to all three of those advance out of the group. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Some yeah. Has to happen. Has to. And, and, and then imagine England plays. Portugal or England plays Germany. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Love that. Which they have a good enough side to win, but that's not an easy game by any means. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Hundog. Group E. Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. <coughs> that's a fun group. Yeah, it was a pretty fun group. Um, I mean, I think I think Spain's going to finish top of the group. Um, obviously, they're, you know, no Ramos, which is – a bit surprising for people. No matures. Sure. Yeah, no players. That's like the first time in a long time that mm. that's been the case. But um yeah, I think I think they're just the better team uh out of this group. Um and I I really wish Slotan could have made this uh Sweden squad. It would have been fun to see him in this, but hopefully next summer we'll see him in the World Cup. That'd be that'd be awesome. Only you're not putting your faith in uh, Alexander Isaac to lead the front line. Oh no, he's they're in second place. They're going through, you know. He's uh, not that striker anymore. He was no, it's crazy to think that he was yeah. a misfit at Dortmund and now yeah. he's balling out. Yeah. So um so yeah, he I, I hope he does well. Uh, I think he'll get second place. And the thing with Poland, like they have good players, but like they just disappoint. Like, especially the last World Cup, they just you know, you thought that that might be their chance to make make maybe make a deep run. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't pan out at all. Um, but obviously, when you have Lewandowski, anything can happen. So, right. well, I was gonna say, and the supporting cast isn't at close to what it is at Munich, obviously. So, yeah, like, it'll, be, yeah, yeah. it'll be even more difficult for Poland. Well, yeah. for Lewandowski, I guess, to he'll be carrying like all the weight. Oh, yeah, he'll be down the line, but um, yeah, I think they, they'll get third, and I think they could possibly uh, advance to in the third place spot. So yeah. Nothing really to say about Slovakia. To be honest. <laughs> but if anyone can carry the weight of a of a team, it's gotta be Louie, right? Like right. Yeah. put the team on his back and, and bag enough goals to get him out of there, maybe. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, especially against defenses like Sweden, Slovakia, like he's gonna bag. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bag. Well, and Spain too, having Laporte now, like that's kind of huge for them. But but still, like I don't know. Mm. 
Spain, Spain's the quality of Spain isn't what it was like. What like like 2012 era like that? Like never see a team like that again. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's crazy how much class that Spain team had, and and like now you look at this team and obviously you're like, wow, this is nowhere near the same quality or caliber of that Spain team. But I mean, like we said, I I think Spain's still a they have a good enough squad to to get through for sure. I think they have some talent to do some good things, but I just It'll be if they can piece it all together at the right times and the right places and, and mm-hmm. have everybody kind of fit right, together. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that's the same for everybody. We can talk about how good France is, and, and while they've, they've proven that they can piece it together, it, this is a new year and a new tourney. And, yeah. and you know, maybe if right. they can't find the goal, who knows? I'm they got to trust to having that. Benzema back, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, and oh yeah, and Big Ben's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that adjustment will go easily once the tournament starts. He's a he's a baller. So, yeah. Matthew, who do you who do you fancy to win it all for this? Yeah, you know that's a great question. I who, think who do you think will win and who do you want to win? Yeah. Um, I I for me it's hard to to say that France won't win. The only, the only thing that I could think is like maybe a World Cup hangover where they either come in unprepared or, or they're t- but like I I don't I don't know they're they they're benching like they didn't even bring guys that would like start on other teams like they have right. center backs that would like start for every other squad and like Laporte switched nationalities because he wasn't getting the team. <laughs> like, so I it's hard for me to 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 vote against France to win it all. And then in terms of who I want to win, I mean, any of the little clubs, obviously, but a realistic guy, I, I'll, I'll back Yuri Tielemans in Belgium. I like, I like that side. Mm-hmm. I like watching them. But, like, obviously, it, it'd be cool if, like, a turkey won or, or somebody like that. Right, yeah. like, the chances of that happening are very slim. So, nice. how, how about you guys? I, I think I went. I won't. I think France will win. Probably, I'm with you. I just can't see them too strong of a squad. I'm with you as well. I want Belgium to win. Um, I think my underdogs probably, if we're counting them, Italy. <laughs> and then I think I'm gonna. So Italy's your dark horse. Yeah. Oh yeah, my okay. dark horse. Yeah. And I think my biggest, if we're gonna want to do like disappointment, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think I might go with like the Netherlands. Cause their manager, it's De Boer. I'm pretty sure. He's not good. He's not, he's not a good manager. <laughs> and Tong and I were texting about that. Like He was like, I don't know how far Netherlands would go. Like, sure, it looks like they should get out of the group, obviously. But, like, I don't know the assessment or assortment of the groups after. But I could see a exit right after. So, you mentioned two teams there that were, like, at peak. At, and in our lifetime, those were two very good squads. And look how far they've slipped. Now we're talking about them as dark horses or yeah, biggest disappointments. Like, like, it's crazy. Like, I feel like just yesterday we were watching, like, Robin and those boys in the World Cup. Like, the right, yeah, header and, like, courtesy. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. And I like a lot of the – I like a lot of the Dutch players. Like, uh, Depay, De Jong, Wijnaldum, De Ligt. Like, I'm, I'm – I love watching them play just because of how smooth they are on the ball. But, like, I don't know. Sometimes it could be management problems. It's like Roy Hodgson. It's like when he was managing uh, England. It's like why are you why are you having Harry Kane take corners? Like I could see some some stupid stuff like that happening. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. So for me, 
my the team I think will win is also the team I want to win, and I I think Portugal. Portugal. Here, here's my reason. I mean, I think the one thing though is it is really hard to like repeat like uh, and defend your title um, for a tournament like this. But also, I mean, you look at the team they had in 2016 when they won it all, and you look at how much better they've gotten since then with like how much depth they have in each position. It, it's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to see Portugal win. Um, I, I like to see my boy Guerrero lift another trophy, you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Portugal, but I also, it's either Portugal or France for me, I think, but I, I think. Portugal. Who's your dark horse? Dark horse, Turkey. Um, okay. I think, yeah, they, especially like they've been getting some really good results. Um, they got some good players. Uh, yeah. So I think they can make some noise. Um, and then Sean Alu, hopefully he bangs a dirty free kick just because he's filthy at it. But yeah, I think Turkey. Um, yeah, so I think I think France will win. Who I want to win though is Portugal. I think I'm you know, you know me, big fan of Ronaldo, also a huge fan of Bruno. Um <laughs> I, I think they're, they have such a good side. And like Holly just said, like, they were already good when they won the Euros last year and then adding adding the likes of Ruben Diaz now and Bruno into a team like that, who have – both of those have been arguably the two best players in the Prem this year, arguably, arguably. But, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see Portugal uh, win. And then – see, it's funny that you guys were talking – well, Alex, you were talking about Netherlands saying they didn't do well. Because I was going to pick them as my dark horse. <laughs> I was I, – I think – I think they have a like De Jong, Depay, uh, Donnie. I am basing it off French. I'm basing it off their manager. <laughs> Did Van Dyke get picked? He's, or is, he's not playing. Okay, that's I didn't know. I didn't know if he was still out or not. I didn't know if he was still injured. But yeah, I, I I'm gonna go with Netherlands as my dark horse. No one mentioned like a like a Croatia as their dark horse, like. I know they're, they're getting older and, and stuff like that, but I think they're in a group where maybe England is their only real test. Like, do they get out of that unscathed and there's no injuries and they're rested up? Like, yeah. stuff like that where, like, maybe that, that plays into it. And we know they can be successful. And, like, no one thought they could do it then. Like, I'm just – that's just another group that – or another team that kind of stuck out to me. Like, also, like, the Netherlands has a, has a fairly easy group to kind of go through, and, and that could be beneficial to get – guys rested up and, right, and that yeah. kind of stuff so I, I think that's another aspect that we need to think about like in in that group of death like those guys could just be beating up on each other for 90 minutes and then by the time they get out of the group stage like maybe people are injured or they're you know you got little little nags or, and stuff like that 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 just kind of take a toll right yeah but yeah and I was gonna say the thing with those teams too is like if one of them gets injured who who can step in right. uh, like someone someone like Obviously not to that level, but someone decent can step in and probably do the job too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one cool story is that this a lot of people have been saying this is Belgium's like kind of like what their last chance to win some silverware. Um, I mean, this is their golden generation. Um, yeah. So on another note, I guess I'd like to see them win. I do like a lot of their players, but um, I don't know. Do you guys think that they they have it? Because I think this is kind of like their they're towards the end of their prime prime years, I think, I mean, just because their players are all getting a little older now. Yeah, they are. especially they're they're back. A lot of their players have honestly like one of their better seasons. Like 
in their careers, Lukaku MVP of Serie A or Calcio A, whatever it's called now. Uh, Tillemans popped off for Leicester this season. Is Katie? What did we say about KDB? Is he's out? He has to get surgery. So well, that, that's a big blow. What? Almirez has been a bench player all season for Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hazard, I see. I think you got, got like the last ten minutes of their last friendly. So, and if Hazard can turn up too, like that'd be great. Like, because I see Thorgan starting, but I, don't I can't know. believe Axel. Axel, who's been injured for like six months, they got they they picked him. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised because he's – I mean, you expect him to be classy when he mm-hmm. gets back from injury, I guess. Yeah. The one key piece they're missing is Fellaini, I think, so. True. Yeah. <laughs> Fellaini. And they got Courtois as well. They got Courtois. They sell, like, Alderville and Vertonghen and Denier. They will always have a decent back line. Did you guys say your disappointments? Like, who do you think will uh, disappoint? Do you, do you have any in mind? I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about the Netherlands. And I really like the Netherlands. It's literally just the board, the board <laughs> that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> and if they go far, I hope they do. <laughs> like, prove me wrong. But, honey, what do you think about England? I'd love to see them just go out in the group. That's thing. what I'm saying. I know you didn't <laughs> like them. <laughs> yeah, so, what? Do you, you think they could be a disappointment? No. Nope. As much as I wish they would, no. Not I mean, they, they have so much talent, but I, I'll i be happy as long as they don't win it. I'll just say that. But I don't know. Dark Horse is not Dark Horse. So part of me could see Croatia. Being bad or just disappointing? Not bad, but just, like, disappointing just because, like, I don't know. Like, they're kind of like Belgium, but, like, they're further along the path, you know, where the, I think their players are kind of – they're definitely out of their prime, yeah, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't know. A sneaky pick to do better than expected, North Macedonia, because if somehow they make it out, it, they're the greatest team to ever. Yeah, they are. 100%. So, like, if they if they just, like, I mean, get three ties and, and get through, like. I was going to say, realistically, they just got to get results against Austria and Ukraine. Like, <laughs> yeah, like. And they could get that third spot. Right. Like. That'd be nuts. What's the first game? It's Friday. Friday. No, what is it? It's Turkey, Italy. Turkey, yeah, Turkey, Italy. Turkey, Italy. Go Turkey. Go Italy. Yeah. Full slate on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Love that. Well, thanks for joining me today, boys. Of course. Well, Anytime. Go U.S. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and comment down below. Thanks, guys. I already said the U.S. is winning it all. So. The World Cup or winning? Yeah, the World Cup. Okay. We're, winning, we're winning it all.